I have a mission and I have some examples in my life that I've studied, people that weren't alive when I was, people that go back in history, Jesus is one of them. My whole life is based on, hey, I will do whatever it takes. There are people that I have studied in the present and in the past that have been tremendous inspirations to me. Some of the places where I have failed is I am so scared most of the time in, in, in trying to become someone that I am trying to like hook into anyone that I can get attention from in order to create a relationship. So I'm trying to set hooks so I can actually get people into present time to either like me or hate me. But at least they're like, hey, I remember that guy said, you don't need money, okay? It does not take money to make money. It takes courage, it takes faith, it takes action, it takes persistence. Tell me, what, what was it like to have your identity stripped away, to, to go out with no money? Tell me about the show. I'm really curious and excited about so, it. So the name of the show is Undercover Billionaire. It premieres tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Discovery Channel. Or you can get the Discovery Plus app, by the way. They're going to be playing it at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, so you get a 12-hour start. I'm not supposed to tell anybody that. Discovery called me in January and said, hey, if we drop you off in a city you've never been to, take away your money, your credit facilities, all your friends, all your contacts. Could you turn basically a hundred dollars? They said, we'll give you a hundred bucks. I'm like, we'll keep it. That's stupid. <laughs> this is good to zero. Don't be dumb. But, but they think a hundred dollars is money or something. And they said, your goal is to turn it into a million dollars in 90 days. And I'm like, you got to remember this January, 2020, there is no COVID yet. COVID does not exist. There's been no talk of COVID. There's 3% unemployment, three and a quarter percent unemployment in the United States. We have the, the fastest growing economy we've had in, you know, 12 years. And um, I said, yeah, dude, I can do it. So let's you roll. So you were, let's pump, roll. you were pumped up. I said, let's roll, let's roll, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And, and, um, I said, I just got to tell my family, you know, that, that I'll have them out there, that I'll be gone about a week and then I'll bring them out. And, and the guy called me up and says, oh, you know, I don't think you want to bring your family on this trip. And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, have you watched the show from last year? I said, no, nah, I didn't watch it. I heard about it, but I didn't watch it. I said, whatever he did, dude, I'll do 10X that. And he's like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, let's do $10 million in 90 days. And as long as you drop me off in a city where they speak English, I'm going to hit $10 million, a $10 million business in 90 days. I've been thinking about this for 30 years about doing this. I just, if you guys are going to follow me around and document it, you're going to make me a damn, like a legend, a living legend if I can pull it off. So I said, let's do 10 million, pick the city and uh, let's roll. And, and he's like, you should go watch the show first. So I did, I went and watched it, called the guy right back. And I said, hey, I'm in, my wife's in, the kids are in, where you wanna go, when you wanna go. But I said, one, one condition, I said, I wanna bring a million dollars in cash to the president of Discovery Channel and drop it on her table and better a million dollars in cash that I can pull this off. <laughs> You're bold like that, man. I got to tell you. So, okay, what was the first thing that you did? Like, they, they dropped you off. You got this yeah. million-dollar bet, right, with Discovery Channel. And, yeah. and and you got nothing. You got $100. Did they give you a car? Did you get anything? Like, Well, let, let me just explain one thing because some of your audience right now is watching this saying, dude, the guy's so cocky and he's so noisy and he's so freaking brash and I hate that. But what you guys don't understand is I use that. I use that and this opportunity to tell my story, okay? And that is worth 
way more than money. So the fact that I controlled this pitch with discovery is a sales game. It, it is a marketing and a branding game. So don't get confused by the brash and the noise and pay attention to the lesson because what I did was control uh, the game with them and have a story to tell you today so that this will be worth more to me than a TV show. Because if I can pull this off, it'd probably be good for my business. If right. I can't pull it off, it's not going to be good for my business. But the reason I bet the million dollars was because it puts pressure on me and it puts pressure on me to perform. And so now to the question about what's the first thing I do, the first thing I do when I get to, they drop me off in a town called Pueblo, Colorado. I'd never been there before. Uh, my brother, my older brother died about five hours from there in a town called Grand Junction when I was 20, 20 years old. He was 25. So I'm literally flying over. I'm like, that's Grand Junction. I'm in my plane, like I can see it on the map. Where are we going, guys? Like, and, and, and I know how much fuel we got on the plane. So I'm like, okay, well, we're going to be in Colorado. I said, are we going to Grand Junction, Colorado? Because I'm like, that's where my brother died. And they're like, no, we're going to Pueblo. And we were on the ground 15 minutes later. When we hit the ground, the first thing I did was I went to the bank. I traded my $100 in for a checking account. Now, there's, now I'm not going to tell you why I did that because you're not going to understand. Most people won't, won't. You might, but most people won't understand it. But I needed to go to zero as fast as I possibly could so that I didn't, I didn't become a manager of money. And I watched Glenn the first year. If you guys didn't see Undercover Billionaire last year, a guy named Glenn Stearns, he spends the first three or four days managing money. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to basically take myself to zero as fast fast as I could. Every business that I own today, I built from zero, no money, no loans, no government handouts, no help, nothing. And so it's a little, it's a thing that I do called going to zero. I've done it many, many times in my career to build my business and to keep me hungry and focused. Well, I'm curious because, you know, the whole premise is they take everything away. So really you're, you're going into the situation with with everything that you know and everything, all your experiences that you've, you've, you've done. So what do you think is more important? What you know or who you know? Do you think what you know in, in life, like what, the, the knowledge that you've carried along or, or who you know, the connections, the people, the- but, Well, well what, here, here's important? the deal. It's a great question. Nobody's asked me that, by the way. Well, this, this is the Who You Know show. It's the Who You Know show. <laughs> who, who, know, who knows me is more important than who I know. Number two, who I know and number three, what I know. But you got to understand, bro, like the game is this. I have to take on another identity. So number one's out. Mm. Who knows me does not help me anymore. It hurts me. If somebody identifies me as Grant Cardone, I cannot do business with them. Mm. So I cannot use any of my contacts. You had to shave your head and... Discovery didn't know how many people know me. <laughs> you know, I kept telling them, I'm like, how am I going to go? How you, where are you dropping me off? Like, and they're like, uh, we're going to pick a city. I'm like, yeah, but how am I going to run around that city and not be known? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I will be discovered. And they're like, oh, you so famous. Like they're so, they're, they, they thought, oh yeah, you think you're so famous. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Literally 10 minutes later, I'm in LA. I'm in Beverly Hills having a coffee with these guys, having lunch, talking about the show. And a, and a guy about 24 years old walks in, uncle G, what you doing? Did you set that up? I said, no, man, that happens. They just, they said, would this happen in smaller cities? I'm like, it will happen in any city in America. Yeah. Some kid is going to know me and because I'm there every day. Well, they never believed that until we got into this deal. So three things, okay? Uh, who knows me is more important than who I know. Second, who I know. But look, I can't call on anybody I know. So they took all that away. The first two are gone. Right. So the third thing I'm left with is a strategy. What I know and who I am. And, and, and you've been and thinking about this. Is, it, yeah, the strategy, right? Yeah. 
So now look, if you're, if, if a guy gets dropped off in this scenario and all his businesses was raising money from other people or his daddy gave him money, well, he's fucked because that ain't this game. You got no money. And I knew I was at, I'm at a severe advantage in this, in this show because I built all my, all my, my, my businesses from nothing. I'd never built a $10 million business in 90 days though. And I never, never had cameras follow me around, which is a problem. Most of the time it's not, it's not helpful. It's, it's a hinder in mo most cases. What was the, what was the hardest part for you? Because I, I was actually in, uh, the clubhouse app in, in Glenn Lundy's room, uh, uh earlier today and, and Elena was in there and. And she was telling a little bit of the backstory of, of how hard it was for you. What was the biggest challenge? Was it being away from your family or what, what was the biggest challenge for you? Man, this thing was psychologically and emotionally, physically and mentally the most exhausting, exhaustive single thing I've ever done in my whole life. You know, some things are painful and some things are painful because they remind you of other times of your life. It reminded me of being broke. It reminded me of not having a clue. It reminded me of when I was 20, 29, 30 years old, I was calling on businesses around America. People wouldn't see me. They wouldn't answer my call. They, you know, you know, it just reminded me of being, being playing below my game, not knowing what I'm doing, dude, being in doubt every day, uh, not having family around me. I was, lonely i was isolated i was scared i was cold i was hungry i, I don't even know if the show is going to show how ugly it was for me so let me ask you this so it, i was it, pissing in bottles i was I, I i didn't have a place to to pee to piss so like literally like i don't know what they're going to show I, I the first three nights I, I lived in a place without a heater so let me ask you this so what advice would you give to somebody who maybe uh, going through a similar situation, like uh, let's say you had a job seeker who was at the top of their game, maybe a CEO or senior level executive who maybe have has kind of lost it all and found themselves because of, you know, unfortunate circumstances to be in rock bottom to kind of like, like what got you through those moments? Well, the, 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 go, the, the difference between me and that guy is that guy, that guy's trying to get back to where he was and I was trying to get I was trying to build a $10 million business in 90 days. He's feeling sorry for himself and I didn't have time to. So I would tell him or her, you're trying to get back to, to where you were. You need to go to zero. You need to get rid of everything. Get rid of your house, get rid of your cars, get rid of your old briefcase that you have that reminds you of who, you know, you were an executive. Uh, get rid of all that. Get rid of everything you have. Get rid of your refrigerator. You ain't hit bottom yet. You don't even know what bottom yet. Like, like get to zero. Like that's the first thing I did when I got to this town. I went to zero. I had two pairs of jeans, two t-shirts. I stole a blanket off my plane. When I realized it was cold, I went and jumped back on the plane, freaking pushed a blanket into my damn bag. And I had an empty bottle. I got this empty bottle because I realized, man, if I have an empty bottle, I can just refill it with water. So that was slick. That was smart. And I, and I went to zero as fast as I could. And I got extremely clever. So number one, I'd go to zero. Number two, I'd get a, get, I'd get a big freaking giant ass goal that would put you back on top. In fact, would put you further ahead than you were when you fell off. And then I would get rid of everybody in your life that doesn't support you 100% and doing whatever it takes. I don't care what it is. Like you got to pay the price, dude. You have to give something up. I had to give up my kids and my wife for 90 days. I had to give up my plane, my cars. I had to give up my name. I had to give up my credit cards. You, people want to, people want to fly, but they, but they want to stay where they're at. You, you, you can't, you can't, the rocket ship 
has to leave the launch pad. It's, and it's got to burn a whole lot of fuel to get up there. And most people, they want to get back to where they were without spending anything. And it's just not real. Would you do it again? No, I would never do it again. Any of my friends out there that think y'all think y'all big shot, I'll bet you a million dollars you can't do it. <laughs> Any of my buddy, Gary Vaynerchuk, all my buddy, Damon, John, me and Damon talked about this the other day. Damon's like, I'd never do that. That's stupid. That was stupid what you did. Why, uh, why did, you, guys, why did yeah. you do it? Why, why'd you do it? I did it because I'm tired of telling people what to do. And I'm sick of all the people that are telling people what to do. You heard me on Clubhouse. There's so many experts in the world right now. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, I've been telling people for years, don't get in that coaching business. Don't get in that life coach stuff. There's no money to be made there. Everybody knows more than the last guy. Like, what you know don't matter. I'm like, you know what? I'll never have to tell. Nobody will ever ask me again, what would you do if you lost everything? I'll be like, shit, watch the show. <laughs> I did it. Because you're going to see what I do. And, and I don't think anybody will ever match what I do. What I accomplish in the show, I don't think anybody else will accomplish. I don't know what the other people accomplish. They end up wrapping three shows into one, season two. The other three don't do what I did combined. I know people are going to be like, oh, my God, back-to-back -back Grant Cardone is so arrogant. I told my wife, I said, if I can pull this shit off, you think I'm hard to deal with now? Man, I pull this shit off, I'm going to be impossible. Well, that, that leads me to this question. So I have a question from the audience. So this comes from uh, yeah, yeah, J.C. Yeah. Seppel. He says... Uh, he says, really looking forward to this episode, Trevor. Anyone going into this experience must have a certain level of confidence and a rough plan. I'd be curious to know what was the biggest surprise he encountered and what he learned from it. Well, I got sick twice from altitude sickness. That was a surprise. It took me four, took 14 days out of me. There's one, there's two. You gotta remember we went in and then we got stopped. So I got interrupted. That didn't surprise me by the way, cause my entire life has been a life of interruptions and disappointments. So at 14 days, I was just getting over the altitude sickness and Discovery came up to me and said, it's over with, man. Got bad news for you, it's over. I'm like, over, what you mean over? Show's over, we're pulling the plug. I'm like, you, no, 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 bro. You can't pull the plug. And they're like, yeah, we maybe we can revisit it later. It's gonna be in the show. I know for sure this is gonna make the show because I blow up. Like I literally <laughs> almost get in a fight with the guy. I'm calling the president of Discovery. You guys cannot pull the plug. COVID's not real. I mean, I was completely insane, bro. COVID's not real. Fuck COVID. You know, this is a freaking conspiracy against Donald Trump and Grant Cardone. <laughs> it was, dude, I was insane, bro. Like, 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 literally, I was so into the deal. If you saw the movie Tropic Thunder, when when Robert Downey Jr. he becomes the black dude, you know, and he went and gets a pigmentation surgery and everything. I lost it. I became this other person and I couldn't get out of it. They stopped the shoot, 14 days, we stopped the clock. I went home for two and a half months and just sat and waited. I couldn't contact anybody. I couldn't talk to anybody in Pueblo. I didn't even know if they were gonna bring it on again. So that freaked me out. Then when I went back, I got altitude sickness again. And then once I got over the altitude sickness, they tested me for COVID-19 and guess what? That's right. Positive. I got me some positive. So then I had to go into quarantine for 14 days. So, you know, I was talking to this lady, trying to do this business deal with this lady. And she looked at me and says, I don't trust you. I don't want you in Pueblo. 
I was telling everybody I, I came from LA. We don't want people from LA here. I mean, the lady was so mean. It was unbelievable. There's another guy that I met. I was doing a pitch to straight up, just would not do anything with me. So that kind of stuff doesn't surprise me because I've had thousands of people not want to do something with me. Pueblo is full of super nice people, but the town's got a lot of poverty. The town's got a lot of people that are comfortable. It's either, either you have something there or you don't. The other thing that surprised me is the problems with the crew. Like I'm used to not getting along with people, you know, but <laughs> do not only did I had to fight Pueblo and the economy and COVID and the government, I had to fight the crew. Like it was, it was like, what was the biggest challenge with the crew? What were they doing? They just want me to drive a certain way. Got you. <laughs> they want me to be a certain way. They're like, oh, nobody's going to, no, you know, Grant, one guy would come up to me. Hey, Grant, just want to give you a little advice here. The people are not going to like you if you do what you just did. We're just trying to make you look good on TV. I said, fuck you and fuck making me look good on TV, dude. The deal is to make a $10 million business, punk. Get out of my way. Then one day they came to me and they said, hey, man, you got to quit going so fast. Literally, they had a meeting with me. It was, a, it was a Thursday morning. They said, we have to have a meeting with you. I'm like, I, I don't have time for a meeting. Turn your fucking cameras on, recharge your batteries, get your union, your union guys uh, off their asses, quit eating your granola bars that I don't have access to, and let's go. And they're like, no, we have to have a meeting. And I'm like, what, what's the deal? Bro, you're, you're killing the crew. You're killing the people here. We're killing equipment. You're damaging people and equipment. Like you're moving too fast. And I'm like, yeah, that's the real deal, bro. You guys want to do the undercover billionaire show? Fucking get your shit together. Let's roll. <laughs> that's what this really is, man. And, and, and I forgot because I got a timeline, right? I'm at 86 days, 85 days, 84 days, 83 days, 82 days, you know, this is how I make my living, man. My company is around educating companies on doing bigger stuff. Like this isn't just a show for me. It's my brand. So a lot of conflict between me and them, you know, I miss my family. That was terrible. Like, like it was, it was, it was a tough deal, man. Yeah. I saw that, that clip. You looked very, uh, very emotional about your family. I was beat up, bro. I, was beat, I got beat up a lot and then I'm living on beans and rice. Yeah. Shit. What did you do for food? What did you do for water, food? Where'd you live? All that good stuff. I can't tell you that shit. You man. can't tell me? <laughs> I can't tell you that shit, but, you know, I went vegan and the problem, I went vegan before this deal. And the problem with vegan is shit, vegan's expensive. So I, I went from vegan to eating wieners again. You know, everybody, everybody eats dick. You know, when you're coming up, when you're coming on the doing on the come up, you know, you gotta you gotta eat the wiener. Why'd you lick your lips when I said that? Nah, man. Look, so uh, man, go back I, and watch the clip. Look, man. You I, I probably you know I should I should have been a little bit more clear. Uh, I guess no, no, I should have been yeah, a little man, bit more yeah. clear. So so this show is a uh, it's a faith based ministry show, and so oh, uh, dude, I didn't know that. I, that, I am so that, sorry. That's Please okay. cut that out. Are you live right now? Yeah, yeah, we're live. Oh, yeah, we're live, dude. I am so sorry. No, I apologize. And no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, we're, I, we're, I, I apologize yeah, we're, so much. I am so sorry for that. We're, we're here to, to rebuild people. And, 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 uh, so yeah, you um, know, I'm playing. you know, I'm playing, man. I am so sorry. Uncle G. I love you, man. I do. You know that, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having, having the, the, the tolerance of, of my, my ignorance and my playfulness. <laughs> no, it's, 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 you know, that's on me. Now I'm going to take that. That's on me. Uh, if, if it that's wasn't, huge, that's a huge example of responsibility, which 
is was part of making this thing work was being extremely responsible for everything from the economy there to COVID to altitude sickness. Like I didn't blame anybody for anything. Like I just knew that I was in, I was in the pressure cooker of my life, which I think a lot of people are going through every day with their families trying to figure out. I remember, I remember I was 16 years old and my mom, all I could see was my mom. My dad died when I was 10 and not having a man in my life, like created a lot of, a lot of chaos for me in my life. Cause I didn't have direction and guidance. Uh, and, and I didn't have a faith-based group to be part of that would be like, dude, you know what? That's not okay. And so I got, I created a lot of looseness in my life that I have figured out, learned how to kind of operate with. Um, but my mom, man, my mom was scared all the time. She was a good person, great mother, hard worker, but she did not know how to bring money in. So she was always in defense mode on the money game. I told her when I was 16 years old, I said, one day I'm going to get my, I'm going to learn enough about success and wealth and money so that this never happens to, to the people around me. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping in the show, people under, learn, learn that, you know, there is a way to get out of the hole. There is a way to get out of the problems and it takes action. You know, it takes the faith of a mustard seed is one thing, but action without works. Uh, what is the saying? Action without works, faith without works, you know, like uh, the, the, the old book, think and grow rich. You ain't going to think and grow rich. It's a great title for a book. Right. You got to do, you got to do and grow rich. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. You got to take action and you got to you know, apply and, uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And, and, uh, so, you know, again, I, I, I appreciate you coming and, and, uh, spending some time with us, uncle G. Um, this is actually our third year doing the, who, you know, job networking show. And, uh, this is our anniversary today, our anniversary show. And, uh, you know, Hey, it's the first show of the new year. So I, Man, look, look, look again. I want to apologize to your no, audience, no, no. man. Like, no, listen. You know, that like, I like, here, let me let me just explain something to you because this is a really good. This is really good for your audience. It's good for me. Probably good for you. Look, when you're trying to get the attention of like like I am, try, I have a mission, and I have some examples in my life that I've studied. People that weren't alive when I was. People that go back in history. Jesus is one of them. Left his home left mom, left dad, went out. He Nobody would listen to him where he lived. He had to leave town to get anybody to listen to him. My whole life is based on, hey, I will do whatever it takes. There are people that I have studied in the present and in the past that have been tremendous inspirations to me. Some of the places where I have failed is I am so scared most of the time in, in, in trying to become someone that I am trying to like hook into anyone that I can get attention from in order to, to, to create a relationship. You know, you don't, you don't really know, you know, when you're, you're dropped into a new environment. I've done, I don't know, 19 interviews today or something like who, who I'm trying to get people's attention. I'm trying to grab their attention long enough that they remember, Hey, you remember that guy? You remember that guy? What's that guy's name? They're not going to remember my name. Right? So I'm trying to set hooks so I can actually get people into present time to either like me or hate me. But at least they're like, Hey, I remember that guy said, you don't need money. You don't need money. Okay. It does not take money to make money. It takes courage. It takes faith. It takes action. It takes persistence. And so the beautiful, most spiritual thing happened to me on this, on this adventure was that when they took everything away from me, when they took everything away from me, I realized I had such a 
like a spiritual moment of knowing, oh, wow, nobody can hurt me. I don't have my name. I don't have my identity. I don't have my credit. I don't have my, my family. I'm still me. I am still all the gifts that I have, all the gifts that I've developed because of the work that I've done on myself are still me. So I really appreciate you, um, you know, turning turning the show onto your audience. Yeah, there's 100%. a lot of there's a lot of f bombs in this show. I'm gonna tell you right now. Like, <laughs> I told right. them before I did that. I said, hey. look, guys, like I got to tell you, when I get scared or I get excited, I tend to curse. Hey, parental yeah. advisory is all good, man. It's all good. All nothing but love for you, uh, Uncle G. Like I said, that um, you know you've you've helped me in in so many ways, and you don't even know it. Um, and so that's that I take accountability on that for not at least setting the stage up in the proper way. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to talk, talk with you right before the show, but, uh, it's all good, man. I appreciate you. And I love you so much, man. All, all the love for you. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. hundred percent. Thanks for listening to the, who, you know, show podcast. My name is Trevor Houston, and if you've enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing wherever you listen and leave us a positive review to help us keep the mics on in the studio. Until next week, that's the show. It's all about who you know.